is the kingdom yours is the power yours is the glory forever amen yes yours is the kingdom yours is the power yours is the glory forever Yes, Father God, yours is the kingdom forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. The power is yours. The glory is yours forever and ever and ever. Amen.
never stop working and never stop never stop working and even when i don't see it you're working and even when i don't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop
Lord, we just come and we bow before the King of Kings, the Holy One, the Rose of Shem. We say, Holy, Holy, Holy is the King. Holy, Holy, Holy is the King. Holy, holy, holy is the King. Worthy, worthy, worthy to praise. Worthy are you, God. You are holy. You are holy. You are holy. King of kings. King of kings. Crowns before the Lamb 
Hey, good day, everybody. I trust you had a fantastic, wonderful Christmas day yesterday and that you celebrated with your loved ones and just, you know, today, like, just feel like you ate too much yesterday. I know there's some people that perhaps had a more difficult day. You missed some friends, you missed people, you missed loved ones, uh, even perhaps people that you've lost over the last years. And I trust that uh, even in that, you will feel the Lord's love for you, that you'll sense His grace and His compassion towards you. It's so good to be with you on this wonderful Sunday, our last Sunday for the year. Can you believe it? 2021 is coming to an end and we're so excited. We're so looking forward to 2022. I'm going to tell you, God has got good things in store for us. And that's why I want to preach a message today that I've entitled Reaping in Joy. And it comes from that wonderful Psalm, Psalm 126 verse 5 to 6 that says the following those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy those who go out weeping carrying seed to sow will return with songs of joy carrying sheaves with them those who sow with tears will reap with joy some other translations say will reap with laughter have you been sowing in tears perhaps during COVID life has been hard in so many different ways and you felt what it feels like to sow in tears to me what it means when the scripture says to sow in tears it means those days that we keep on sowing but we've actually lost hope we've lost expectation for good but we keep on sowing or perhaps the times when we've actually got nothing that but we still sow it's like the farmer that takes the last seed that he has and instead of feeding himself or eating that seed he goes and plants the seed and and just hopes that something good will come from it that there will be a harvest we often sow in tears that when life is hard we keep sowing and the reason we keep sowing is because of what the rest of that scripture says those who sow in tears will reap with joy if you've been sowing faithfully i want to encourage you there's a time of harvest coming there's a time coming where you will reap with joy and because this is the year that is ending i want us to end well and i want us to end with seed in the ground so that we can look forward to the harvest that is going to come i want to share three things with you quickly about what will be helpful towards us if we want to continue to sow uh, even when it's difficult so that we may reap in joy and these three things are simply reaping in joy requires that we sow in perseverance, that we sow in strength, and that we sow with, that we practice our sowing. And uh, I just want to make a few comments about each of these three things. And, and I want to take an example from Nehemiah's story. You remember the wonderful story in the book of Nehemiah that is captured for us and also by the prophet Ezra. It's the time in Israel where the wall of Jerusalem was completely broken down. The city was broken down. And Nehemiah went to the king and said, would you allow me to go and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem? And he went home and it was a massive project that had to be undertaken. It was a huge thing that they had to do as a people that really weren't in a place of strength in a people that really didn't feel like they had the both emotional strength and even the resourcing strength to uh, to just attempt a project like this it was a big deal for them but they began to work and they worked hard and they worked for 52 days day and night they worked they got resources from the king and they just gave it their everything and now in Nehemiah 8, we, we read what happened after 
they had completed this project and rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. And I want to read the scriptures for you from verse 5 to 12, and I'll, I'll make some comments about it, about these three points that I've said. Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them, and as he opened it, the people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The Levites, and then it mentions a bunch of names, instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. They read from the book of the law, making it clear and giving them the, the, the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest, and the teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks, and send some to those who have nothing prepared. The day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be still, for this day is a holy day. The, do not grieve. Then all the people went away to eat and drink, to, to send portions of food and to celebrate with great joy, because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. So here we see a scene of a people that have worked really hard for a period of time in very difficult circumstances. And they were actually in a place of mourning, in a place of, of hardship. And the, so they were so used to struggling and sweating and, and slogging through things and, and being in a place of difficulty that why, even when they had completed the project, they were still in that vein of thought. They were still in that attitude of struggling and in that sense of desperation. But then the leaders of the nation got them together and say, listen, guys, this is a time to be joyful. It's not a time to mourn anymore. The, the time of mourning's behind us. It's the time of celebration. We are now going to, 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 to reap the, the fruits of our labor. Get ready to celebrate. And they had a festival and they, they ate and they just enjoyed what God had done among them. And isn't it true that sometimes we get into a space like that, where we for so long have been struggling, have been working hard at something, have been pushing, have been faithful, have been doing daily what is required, that, that we almost don't see the day coming where the breakthrough has happened because we, we just put our head down and we keep slogging. But there's a time where we will reap with joy. And I want to say to you, I believe there's a time coming, particularly for us in our Hatfield, our two churches, there's a time coming right now of reaping with joy. There's a time of celebration. And I think we've got to lift our heads. For a while now, the Lord's been speaking to us. Remember from Isaiah 61. And he said, arise, shine, for your light has come. And I believe the Lord is continuing to say to us, lift your head. There's a time of celebration that you're experiencing. But to get to that time, we want to make sure that we do three things and we do them well. And the first one is we want to persevere. Because so often you know how it is that just before you get to the breakthrough, people give up so often. A story told about a high school um, that has always been a really good at cross-country running, uh, but they suddenly became really great at it. And instead of just ending in the top 20 of the schools in their state, in the United States, they they began to win. And for a couple of years now, they were actually state champions. And so at a, at a dinner that they were having at the end of another champion season where they won, 
the, 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 the team, this coaching team was sitting and just sort of processing the year and thinking about how, what has happened and how, why were they so doing so well. And one of them actually asked the question, why are we doing so well? Why are we winning? And, and as they were talking about it, they said, look, the reality is we don't work harder than anybody else. Every team that competes, every cross-country running, uh, uh, cross running team works really hard and train hard. Um, why is it that we are winning and doing so well at the moment? And they concluded it is because they've been teaching their runners to run their best right at the end of the race. To, 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 in training, they were training them that you keep a little bit in reserve so that when it comes to the last bit of the race, you actually pick up speed and you end well. They said in the races they were doing that. All over the season they were doing that. The last races they tagged and said, these are the ones we have to win. Because this is the time when everybody else gets tired. In a race, the last bit is when people's steam runs out. And that's the part where we can overtake more people. And that's where we can win. In a, in a season that is long, it's normally in the last couple of races of a season that the team starts faltering. That's the time where we have to be strong. And so they trained it. They drilled it into their uh, runners to be confident and to, to step forward because it's how you end. And if you end well and if you end with a surge, if you end pushing forward, then you can actually win the race. And I want to say that to you. That's what we have to have. Don't give up now. You have been faithful. You have been sowing. Over a long period of time. You have been working hard. You've been applying yourself. Don't stop now. Now's the time to do that last bit. To, to give that little bit of extra right at the end. To end this year well. And to begin the next season with as much as you can. That has been planted in the ground. Because what we sow in tears. And sometimes the most tears comes in the last bit. Because that's when we're really tired. It's when we want to give up. That's when we want to stop. It's, it's that just before the summit of the mountain is where the, where the people fail the most. Because that's where it's the most difficult. The air is the, is the rarest. The, the energy is spent. The resources are finished. And that's where people want to stop and give up. But then if you give up, you never reap with joy. Because you've not completed the race. This is the time to push for it, to go for it, to apply yourself. Give that little bit of extra effort. Give that little bit of extra strength that you can in this time. Every day we apply ourselves. And if we keep going, we will reap with joy. I want to tell you, God has something good in store for you. It's God's heart for you that you reap with joy. It is his desire that you, that you will end in a place where you will laugh at the goodness of the, of the harvest that you will receive. So don't give up. Persevere. Persevere. William Barclay said, Endurance is not just the ability to bear, bear a hard thing, but to turn it into glory. I'm going to read that again. Endurance is not just the ability to bear a hard thing, but to turn it into glory glory and that wonderful scripture in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 17 says for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all when we're in the trouble when we're in the difficulty they don't feel light and they don't feel momentary but if we were able to step back and see the whole process and have a bird's eye view, a bigger view of what's going on, then we realize the time of struggle, the time of application, the time of sowing was so small compared to the time of reaping and the whole thing. 
And then we would be able to keep going. Keep going. Turn what God is doing in your life into glory by persevering. So the first one is persevere. The second thing is strength. We need strength. If we're going to reap with joy, we need to have strength for the process. And that's where that wonderful scripture that is so often quoted, Nehemiah 8 verse 10, the second half of that verse says, For the joy of the Lord is your strength. I mean, we can read that verse and perhaps you can put different emphasis in different places. Like the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Or you can read it, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Or you can read it, the joy of the Lord is your strength. But the actual way to read that scripture, how it's written in the, in, the, in the original, is the joy of the Lord is your strength. The focus is of the Lord. You see, our joy will run out like any other resource. If you're a parent, you know that your strength runs out. Isn't it at times as parents that we say, I just don't have strength for this anymore. And, and, and that's when the children have to scatter because, you know, we're going to lose our tempers. I just don't have strength for this. Our, at work, our strength runs out. Our, 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 our patience runs out. Our resources run out. Our money runs out. We, we are of nature as people temporal in everything. We always run out. We always need more. And we can easily come to the place where we come to the end of what we have. And that's where we are so privileged. The, jo the, the, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Because guess what? God's never runs out. God's strength never runs out. God's joy never runs out. God's ability to do things never runs out. God's resources never runs out. God has more than enough. More than enough. He's not threatened in any way. He's, he's not on the brink of bankruptcy. He's not trying to move funds around to see how he can cover it all. He, he's, you know, we, we right now sit in a space where so, so much is so difficult around us. The petrol price is sky high. The, the, the interest rate is starting to look like it's busy climbing. Our, our exchange rate is not so, it's not so great. Our, we've got load shedding. We've got COVID regulations. Everything, you know, and, and it feels like everything's pressing on us and, and we're going to run out. But do you know that God is not going to run out? His resources, His strength is, is limitless. And that's why our sowing with tears will produce a harvest of joy. Because we're not sowing in our own strength, we're sowing in the strength of God. We're partnering with Him. We, we like those guys at the, the parable of the talents, the, the two and the five that they partnered with. And so we are partnering with God that has unlimited resources. If we apply ourselves, if we keep on and doing the right thing and, and stepping forward in faith and in the hope of the goodness of God, His strength will carry us and we will not run out. We will not fail. We will not have too little. And that's where our joy comes from. That's where our, our joy is ultimately completed because what happens is in the time of sowing, you're taking the limited resources, the limited energy, the limited time that you have, and you're giving it into the ground. And as you partner with God's unlimited resources, time and energy, your limited is affected by his limitless and ultimately produces a harvest that causes you to celebrate 
Because instead of having the little that you put in the ground, you now have the lot that is a result of the limitlessness of God. Isn't that amazing? That's why the scripture says, nothing we sow, you will not reap 30, 60, 100 fold. One becomes multiplied by the grace and the goodness of God. And because the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of knowing that we are with God, that He is for us, that He is with us. Nothing can stop that. Nothing can run out. We have joy. So again, we persevere. This last bit, we're going to push through. We're going to end well. We're going to sow. We keep sowing. We keep giving the, everything we can into the hands of God and saying, Lord, multiply this with your limitlessness so that we can reap with joy. And then the last one is practice. Joy takes practice. To reap in joy takes practice. We see it with these people at, at Nehemiah. They've been doing so well. They've been working. But they haven't been practicing joy. It's not been a great joyful time for them. Jerusalem is in ruin. They were in exile, many of them. Some of them were still living in the ruins of Jerusalem. Life's been hard. They've gotten so used to struggling, surviving, making it just making end meet every day. There was no space for celebration. There was no nothing left over for celebration. You know, there was no there was no extra meat that they could bry to celebrate and invite friends around. They just were scraping by. It was difficult. But they've been faithful. But now their faithfulness was producing a good thing. And they were coming at the end of the season of lack. The walls were being rebuilt. The city was being rebuilt. And so the leader said, we have to mark this moment. We have to practice joy. Joy so often is hard for us as people. It's a strange thing. Because as people... Because of our limited capacities and resources, we, we so easily feel threatened. We so easily feel like there's not enough. We, we worry. We're anxious all the time. And because that's who we are, we don't practice joy. We don't, I'm not talking about happiness that is circumstantial. I'm talking about joy. That inner sense of well-being that overflows because we know, even though the circumstances may be difficult, God is good and God is with us and there's a joy. And so that even when we step into the moments where we see the harvest that we've been working for so hard, we still sometimes go, I, I, I can't believe it. Is it really happening? Is it true? You know, now I, I must work hard and, and I don't have time to stop now because the harvest's coming and I've got to work. But there's times where we have to stop and just be joyful. Joy takes practice. Like, like any muscle, joy takes practice. You have to practice to be joyful. You have to apply yourself to be joyful. You have to step in. And so, the, so Nehemiah and Ezra and the Levites gathered the people and said, Now stop your working. Stop feeling bad. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Sit down. We're going to feast. We're going to have a party. And they, and they, and they rolled out the spit brys. And, they, and they, you know, they just didn't have pork, obviously. They were Jewish people. So they, they had a, you know, some lambs on the, on the spit bry, And they had some pup. And they had some shaba. And they had some relish. And they were rooi kooldrank and groen kooldrank. You know, 
party cold drink. They were pouring it out and they just sat down and they said, man, even the people that don't have, we're going to give them something to eat. And they sat down and they celebrated because they were seeing the harvest. I want to tell you, there's a time of celebration that is ahead of us. I believe we're entering in. I know things are looking bleak in our nation. I know there's so many th reasons to be doubtful, to say, yes, pastor, this is very nice what you're telling us, but I don't think so. I think we're in for a time of hardship and hardness. That may be true in the natural in many areas, but I'm telling you in the spirit, God is on the move. God is doing good things, and we're going to see the harvest of that. Your seed that you have sown will produce a harvest. Scripture is very clear on that. It will produce a harvest. So get ready. Let's celebrate. Let's, let's put a smile on our face. Let's put a, a, a hope in our hearts. Let's, let's put a, a bounce in our steps and say, God is good. God's not left us. The seed is not you know, failing. I mean, we had rain in the Karoo. There were some parts of the Karoo this year that had rain for the first time in a decade. And the next day, the green started shooting out of the ground. And that all the seeds that were there, lying for years and years dormant, were starting to grow. Everything that you have sowed, that you have been faithful with, it will grow. It will produce a harvest of righteousness. God has good things in store for you. Psalm 30 verse 5 says the following, Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Yes, there's been a season of struggle. Yes, there's been a season of difficulty. But God has good prepared for you. It hasn't changed his mind. It hasn't changed his capacity or his ability to do good things for you. God wants you to celebrate. Stay faithful. Stay doing what God wants you to do. One of the stories in our family that, that we were so encouraged by and that became such joy for us is, as many of you know, one of our sons was born on the autism scale. And so when it came to that time where we had to take him to you know, consider schooling, we were told that he would not be able to work in a, in a normal school. And so as we prayed about it and we asked the Lord, now what do we do? We felt the Lord said to us that our job as parents is not to make the road easy for this child, but it is to train him in how to be an overcomer. And that word became a key word in our lives. How do we help this child become an overcomer that had significant challenges, that had significant drawbacks, social problems and, and academic things that they had to overcome and just so much in life that felt difficult for them. How do we help them to overcome that? And so we began as a family to work and it really took all of us. Our whole family began to work and to work with, with him and to, to support him and to help him to become an overcomer. At the end of his matric year, we experienced the joy of the harvest the joy of reaping because of the years of sowing in tears. And I promise you there were lots of tears, but lots of days where it felt overwhelming, where it felt too difficult, where it felt like we weren't making progress, that, that we weren't going to get this right. He ended up in a school that had the most prestigious award is the Overcomers Award. Now, by the grace of God, he ended up in a school that has an Overcomers Award. It's not very common. I don't think many schools has an Overcomers Award. This school had an Overcomers Award. And so at the matric valediction, their last service, they gave all the awards for the matrics. And then the final award, they said the Overcomers Award for, for that year. And guess who got the Overcomers, Overcomers Award? 
that son of ours, got a standing ovation from all of, the, of his peers and the teachers and gave him the Overcomers Award. They didn't know our story. They didn't know that that was the word that God gave us probably 13, 14 years ago before that moment. But that became for us a moment of joy. The years of sowing in tears caused a, a harvest and for us to reap in joy. That's the faithfulness of God. How God worked that out to happen. And I want to tell you, no matter where you're sowing in tears right now, God wants you to reap with joy. So persevere. Don't give up. Rely on the strength of the Lord. When you feel you want to give up, remember that God is your partner. He's with you in this and he has everything you need. Draw on his strength. What he provides you, use it. Apply it. If he provides for you, don't consume it. Don't hide it. Apply it. Use it. Step out in faith. And then the third thing is practice joy. Practice every little thing. They, leaders will tell you, that it is so often to, important to mark moments often. If you're busy with a big project, when you've come around one part of that project that is settled and you are successful, celebrate that. Practice joy along the way. Otherwise, we just get into this rut of life and we're just working hard and we're never celebrating because God is good. So my prayer for you is today that God will strengthen you with His strength so that you may persevere, so that you will reap in joy. Thank you for letting me be with you today. I want to pray for us and I want to speak over you the favor, the blessing, the goodness of God for this time and for this year ahead that God will surprise you. I love that scripture that says more than we could even ask or think. I trust that God will do more than you ever thought was possible because of the seeds that you have sown. And even sown in tears. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you today in Jesus' name. Thank you for our time together. Thank you, Father, for your word that encourages us. Thank you for what we saw happen with the Israelites and how they were able to complete that project and see the goodness of the Lord. I thank you, Lord, that the same God is walking with each of us and that we will see your goodness in the land of the living, as the Psalms also says. And I trust you today for every seed that has been sown in tears. And we thank you, Father. We speak life to those seeds and we say they will lead to a harvest of joy. I pray for your people right now. Trust for all of us. Let us persevere. Let us give the best here at the end and really finish strong and finish well in this season. I pray, Lord, that you would remind us of your strength that you have that is unlimited and will never run out. And I pray, Lord, that when you bless us with strength, with resources, we will, we will not just consume it, but we will be faithful in our sowing. And I thank you for that. And I thank you, Lord, that you help us to practice joy, to not just be caught in the survival mode, but to actually know that you are the more than we can ask or think. And I trust you for that, for this year, for this new season, for a reaping in our community, Father, in our churches, in our, in our every space, on our front lines, in our families, a reaping of the harvest of the joy that you have for us. And we thank you for that. We love you, Lord. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Have a wonderful day today and uh, look forward to spending time with you again soon. Bye.